they're very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. Hey guys, before the episode starts, this first story, I forgot to mention it in the first part of the episode, but this first story is from a very close family member of mine, and this is a spook life story. I appreciate you guys listening in. And enjoy. So my spook light story is uh, one that happened over there in uh, Tahlequah, over there by the uh, sewer plant. Uh, I guess it was in high school sometime when we were just kind of hanging out at the dirt road, a friend of mine, and um, we were parked there and noticed some lights came up from behind us. So, you know, thought we'd better, better move along. Um, so we started the car up, took off a little bit and noticed that, uh, there was no lights. Um, so we kind of drove back further down the road and same thing. So, you know, as we started it up again, looked over to the left and these, these lights were doing like the squiggly, uh, motion up in the trees and figured it was time to get out. That's my spook life story. Well, one of them. Thanks. Uh, hello, my name is Dono. I'm from Ontario, Canada. And I'd like to share two creepy stories with you. Um, thank you to Yehola for asking me to um, send in some stories. So this was back in uh, 2005. Uh, me and my old friend, um, she wanted to take pictures of uh, her baby, like in the fall leaves. Um, so this was around, I think it was October. Yeah, it was around October anyways. And uh, so we went down and uh, we were looking for places to take pictures and I was looking around with the camera because I like to uh, do photography as well. Um, so I was looking in, this is where our powwow grounds are. So there is uh, an arbor, um, and it's right in the middle of the park um, where we have our powwows. And I was looking through the camera and I could see um, these like colors. They look like flags, like almost. I thought they were flags, so I looked. Took the camera away, looked, there was nothing there. I put the camera back and I could still see all these colors in the middle of that arbor. So I asked my friend to come over and uh, take a look in the camera and they could see it. And then I said, well, can you see it without it? And they said, no. So I kept looking at it and we take, uh, uh, tried to take pictures of it, but it, they wouldn't uh, register. Um, but we did get a video of it. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the video anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened to it if um, it was saved or not, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, I should ask for it and see. But um, anyways, I, I kind of moved around because there are um, like benches you can sit on. Uh, and there are metals, so I thought maybe it was like sun, sun, flare, sun glare or something. But everywhere I'd move, I'd see them. But they were right in the middle of the arbor. Looked like they were dancing. There was like pink, uh, purple, yellow, green, blue, red. Like all these colors. And they were all 
moving in a circle, uh, clockwise direction, right in the middle of the arbor. So that was <laughs> kind of creeped me out, but it was it was actually kind of nice as well. I wouldn't um, recommend doing that at a power ground, but we like we weren't looking for it, so <laughs> I wouldn't do it again though. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, the first story. Uh, my second one is with the same friend. Um, we used to like getting creeped out, and this was um, probably in the early 2000s. It was before um, she had her first baby, anyways. So, um, so we were driving around. Um, we used to like to go into cemeteries. Like there's ones you could drive around in uh, in Peterborough, Ontario. So that's that's in Canada as well. Um, so we looked at this one and. I didn't like it, like the, I don't know, I got a, well, obviously a creepy feeling, but, <laughs> so we went down to this other one and you could drive through it, drive through the paths, and it had just snowed a little bit, so there was like a fresh powder of snow, so we were driving along, and uh, all of a sudden we seen these little footprints, and they're like, I don't know, maybe one or two year old, like toddler footprints, and they look like, I don't know, like those old fashioned white shoes. I guess you would call them um, the ones with the laces, the flat, um, flat soles. But there was a bunch of those little footprints, and then we went to this other direction. But there were all of these paths. I was gonna get out and take a picture, but no, I was, I nope, I didn't do it. <laughs> I was too creeped out. And anyways, <clears throat> sorry about that. Anyways, uh, we were driving along and then all of a sudden we see these little, like, little fingerprints, like little, uh, digging in the snow, um, on some of these graves and we're like, okay, we gotta get out of here. So we're trying to get out and there's a bunch of different, uh, gates you can get out, but they were all locked. Um, so unfortunately we had to go through all of the, uh, the cemetery, but it's our own fault for looking for a scare. Um, but yeah, that we were young, uh, and pretty, well not, yeah, we were just ignorant. We didn't, didn't think we would see anything, but we did, and those little fingerprints were, it was really sad, actually, to, to even see that, and those little footprints, like, there was no other, there was no big footprints, to, like, you know, the parent or somebody with their kid, um, and it was nighttime as well, so... Yeah, we've seen that, and uh, yeah, and those uh, dancers in the power grounds is what I believe um, the first story was. But yeah, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, see you later. Incy wincy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. So Incy Wincy Spider went up the spout again. Incy Wincy Spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. So Incy Wincy Spider went up the spout again. <laughs> What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 36th rendition of the Warcry Podcast. I'm your host, and this episode is the 
the third part of This Is Creepy. I appreciate everyone that sent their stories in. Um, the first story that you just heard was from Dono. He uh, hosts a podcast called Rest Scares. If you haven't had a chance, I've mentioned him on the live um, this past week. Or this, I guess, yeah, this past week or weekend, whatever you want to call it. Go give him a follow. Go listen to his stories. I've mentioned him a few times on the pod, but he sent in two stories. And, man, something about, you know, little kids in a cemetery and, you know, you just, uh, it creeps me out every time. But I appreciate him sending in those two stories. And uh, let's get this show on the road. Alrighty, first story, and this is kind of multiple stories, and this gentleman um, would, li- would like to re- uh, remain anonymous, Jesus, if I can say it, um, but his stories go, so good day. I have some stories, quite a few actually, I could tell stories all night. There's some I heard growing up, and some I've experienced. I'm Cheyenne in Arapahoe, and I'm from Oklahoma, but I currently live in Alberta, Canada. And I've had experiences with spirits and cryptids. My brother and I once seen a troll-like being. We seen it in our Grammy's house. The homes that she had lived in had spirits in them as well. So we pretty much grew up, grew up around that stuff. From hearing the voices to hearing things being moved around, seen people and heard a piano playing in an empty church. Got followed by ghost cars a few times at a house we lived in. I heard voices and music playing in the basement. It was, it was just my daughters and I home at the time. They were sleeping and I was up. I just sat and listened to them until I went to sleep. My oldest daughter had seen the hat man and he had been bothering her for quite some time. He used to stand in the corner of her room and watch her sleep. When I was a small child, I remember having imaginary friends, but I think that they were spirits. Because my mom looked out the window and seen some kids playing on the swing set with me. When she went out to meet my friends, I was alone. She also said I was playing like there were other kids with me. When I used to work at Lucky Star Casino in Concho, yes, the same place that had the Bigfoot happenings, I have seen the pictures, and I have also seen the surveillance video. And yes, If you're wondering, it was huge. They say the tape was destroyed, but I know a a few people who made copies for themselves. The tribe put a lid on the whole thing, but I know what happened. One time, I worked a double shift, and at around 5 in the morning, something big was seen just west of the casino. I heard a few whoops, and I waited until daylight to check out the area. There were buffalo in the field, so I waited a little bit longer for them to clear out. And when I went down to the area, there was a mulberry tree and the buffalo laid underneath it. I checked around and seen that branches had been stripped of leaves and mulberries. And I'm talking about 10 to 12 feet off the ground. Now I'm about 6'2", and I couldn't reach those stripped branches. And I had heard some howls and whoops up there as well. We live in prime Bigfoot territory. Have yet to see one though. Seen a little handprint in the dust on my truck. I was told it was a raccoon, but there are none here. There's supposedly a village of LP along the river near our home. Just the other night, the wind chimed. The wind chimed and our front door chimed. The front door was shut. 
There was nobody in the living room and nobody in the house. I have so many other stories. I'm thinking of writing them down because as I get older, it's getting harder to remember them. As I do, give me something to do. It gives me something to do and helps me remember the best as I can of all the stuff I've heard and that I've experienced. Thank you for your time. Keep up the good work. I enjoy listening to the podcast, and have a good night, sir. You know, I appreciate that, man. Those are There's so many different things that we deal with just as a Native people, and he named literally every single thing that we that we kind of deal with and, and uh, you know, things that we, we encounter. And, you know, I just thought I, I appreciate uh, this gentleman, um, sharing the stories. Um, he has a few other ones. Um, and now I want to, this is kind of a question really, but he, he was talking about a road that's west of Anadarko called Cato Road or Cato Road. And he said that basically he's heard a lot of people say that there's something or someone out there and they don't really talk about it in detail, but they always get freaked out, whatever it is. And if you're out in the, uh, in that Darko area, you know, let me know if you heard anything out there by Cato Road. Cato, geez. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, another another kind of story that he mentioned that there was a Bigfoot that was roaming around outside of Riverside High School or Riverside Schools um, that's just north of that casino. And he mentioned that people had, uh, had seen or, or had similar stories kind of to the one at the casino. And... Um, the final kind of thing that he talked about that we when we were having our conversation um, that he believes that there are multiple witches that live out on certain roads and I'm not going to name the roads but, but he knew a guy that lived across the highway from one and he basically he said that her medicine was too strong that's pretty interesting I appreciate you sir for sharing those that so stories and also a little bit of information about that Concho area and and that Bigfoot. I know people, man, that is like the topic. I've heard multiple people, and I have multiple, or I've had now four people tell me that they have seen the video, and so I think it's out there still. Maybe one day I'll get to see it. But I appreciate you sending in those stories. Moving on to the next um, set of stories here. Now, these stories, I was, I was told that they are uh, with the utmost importance, and this, like I said, once again, anonymous. But this is, comes out of my around my stomping grounds and around where I'm from and kind of the area. But this must re- remain anonymous. Please do not say my name or the name of the hospital. But it is a IHS hospital. My wife is a CI or a CIA. Geez. My wife is a uh, ICU nurse at this hospital. She works overnight. Often, patients will talk about kids laughing and playing. They ask who these kids are, and the staff have to explain that there are no kids in the ICU. They will specifically describe a young boy, 8 to 9 years old, shorts with a button-up t-shirt and a classic hairstyle, like a young schoolboy. The patients that see the boy, they always pass away. Any patient that describes the boy dies soon after. 
They all describe the same boy. There's only been one nurse that has seen the boy, and they saw him going down the back stairwell late at night. As of right now, the nurse is still alive. The next story from this, uh, this gentleman. My uncle was traveling a dirt road in an older car. It was a very rural area. As he topped a hill, the car suddenly died. The headlights were on, but they were very dim, as it was a 40s model, or at best, an early 50s. Out of the thick brush on the left-hand side of the road, just in front of a car, a wolf-like head appeared. It was very large. As the wolf's head emerged from the brush, it slowly turned its head towards the car. Then the rest of the creature began to emerge. The shoulders started to appear, but they were not that of a wolf. They were shoulders of a man, and the beast was walking upright. As the rest of the beast made its way out of the bush, the head of the wolf, but the rest was human, and it was naked. It dropped to all fours and started slowly moving across the road. As it moved across the road, more and more of the creature started turning into a wolf. And by the time it was in the brush on the other side of the road, the transformation was almost complete. While it was crossing the car, it would not start. Once it was no longer in sight, the car started, and my uncle drove away as fast as possible. He said that the creature's medicine prevented the car from starting And this story is out of Purim in Weber's Falls, Oklahoma. Man, I got goosebumps on that one. Golly, I got major, major goosebumps. Those are some great stories, and man, wow. I appreciate those those stories. Um, You know, that's a lot of things that people don't really see hardly anymore. You know, I know the internet is always saying, oh, here, there's a skinwalker on the side of the road. And, you know, uh, I have a hard time, you know, believing this. But I appreciate those stories. You know, those are, those are very powerful stories. And I, I've got goosebumps on, on both. Now, this story is definitely hits close to home. Um, this story comes from a family member of mine. Um, and this is out of Merlehome Park in Tahlequah, or Park Hill. I was out at Merlehome Park, and there was about four or five of us in total. We were out at the park, and there's a parking lot that when you pull in, it's a kind of a parking lot with no spaces. It's just a big area that has a concrete area. And there's these two big trees. And this was real late at night. But we decided to climb these trees and mess around doing what young people do. The cops get called. So two county cops show up and they're spotlighting the area. They get out and they're looking and we're trying to be as quiet as humanly possible while they are talking and searching for us. They eventually leave. So we wait for a little bit Everything, the coast is clear. Everything is normal now. And we climb down. And we're sitting there talking. 
And all of a sudden, we hear this sound. And then a crash. Something through a trash can. We all took off running, not looking back. But as we got closer to the Merle Merle home, to the actual home, we all kind of sat there and wondered, what was that? These trash cans that are being spoke about are very heavy trash cans. And so that story was out of Merle Home. You know, eventually I'm going to tell my Merle Home story that I think it might be the same creature. And I asked my family member what they thought it was and, you know, kind of hindsight. And they think it was probably Bigfoot or, you know, some type of being that is there that lives there. But I appreciate my, uh, my family member for sharing that story. These next set of stories, um, I got, uh, I got a, uh, a message from Mr. Jared Davis. He, uh, he cooks the best hog meat in Cherokee County. I would say probably up there in Oklahoma, probably top three maybe. Got to give him his props. Um, but he sent me a message. He said, man, you didn't even tell my good stories. So these stories are from Mr. Jared Davis. From He's out of Locust Grove area. Um, but here's, here's his stories. When we were young, we used to play hide and seek in our neighborhood and we would break up into teams. Well, one night we couldn't find our friends at all. So we just went home and we got our pit bulls and we went out to look again. And as we were walking down the dirt road, we heard something running at us and our dogs and our dogs started to bark in that direction. And the next thing we see is our friends running towards us. Keep in mind, it is a dirt road. And one of them had taken their shoes off and was running barefoot at a full sprint down this road. We seen the fright on their faces. And we asked, what is it? What is it? They said, let's go back home. We got to get back. And when we got home, they said they seen a woman in an old western style dress coming towards them. And she was floating about three feet off the ground with what looked like to be a book in her hand that she was reading. One night, when I was a younger man, a younger guy, we were coming back from a revival in Tahlequah, on Highway 82 north of Tahlequah. We were with our grandparents in an old station wagon by Blackbird Creek Bridge. My grandparents were talking Cherokee to each other. And the tone got a little bit different. And as a young guy, I noticed, so I stopped playing you know, with what I was doing, and looked ahead and noticed a small creature that resembled a golem on the rail next to the, or in the road. Like one of those Lord of the Rings type golems. And for a vivid second, it jumped off the rail into wherever the, the bridge passed over. The bridge was 20 feet high. The thing we saw was never spoken of again. But I can recall what I can recall that day and the sight of it to this very day. My uncle told one of his uncles as a child about him sitting in their old house by a spring where LP would gather water. He would, he would say that one day he, he just happened to look out the window 
and seen an LP sitting by the water, motioning him to come and speaking to him in Cherokee, as if he were standing right there in front of him. He could hear him, plain as day. So he climbs out the window and goes towards the LP. And as he got closer, he noticed that he was further into the woods, but was still telling him to come on and follow him. He said this happened a few times until they came to a solid rock wall on the hillside. And the LP turns and faces the wall and spoke to it. And the wall split apart. And the LP walks in and tells him to come in. When inside, he noticed a whole family, a whole family of them. The LP told him to sit as he went for the chair, and he noticed that the seating part was all copperheads. And the LP said, sit, they won't hurt you. He said they sit and they talked for a while, and the LP told him that he should probably get home and to not speak about what he's seen. And for a number of years, he didn't say anything. It was, a, it was a long time before he said anything. Because if he did, bad things would happen. The LP then walked him back to the rock, repeated the phrase from earlier, and the rock slid open again, and they said their goodbyes. And I think, if I recall correctly, when he returned home, it was one or two days later from when he first left. My brother said that he had seen one watching us play uh, Cherokee Marbles in our front yard. We had two light sources from our front porch, and, the light, and, the, and there was a light on the pole. We would play almost just about every night, as it is a game that I still love to play to this day. We had, we had been playing for quite some time, and my little brother's marble got hit away, and as he was walking towards it, all of a sudden came running back in fright. Couldn't say what it was as he was running back to the house. But we could see the fright on his face. So we ran behind him to get in the house. When asked, he wouldn't say what it was that he seen. Until some uh, sometime later, when he said that he saw a little man and he was peeking around a tree watching us play marbles. Wow. Yeah, Jer uh, Jer Mr. Jared Davis got those LP stories on lock. And I appreciate him sharing you know, these, uh, these stories. Cause man, I, I mean, these are some, I got some goosebumps, man. I, I got definitely got some goosebumps on those. And, um, I appreciate him sharing those stories. He's got, a, he's got one more, um, that I'm going to say for a later date. It's about him and, uh, him growing up in this creepy house. But Jared, I appreciate you sharing those stories and, uh, yeah, keep them coming, man. I appreciate you. Man, guys, if you guys aren't uh, spooked out by some of these, some of these, these, if I can talk, if you guys are not spooked out by these stories yet, you know, I got one coming. This is, I got one of these coming from Haskell uh, University. Um, and it comes from Miss Chastity Cadu, and she is Potawatomi from the Prairie Band Potawatomi Reservation uh, in Kansas. And her story is Back in 2005, I began the fall semester at Haskell Indian Nations University in Lawrence, Kansas. The girls' freshman door is called Pocahontas Hall, better known as Pokey. There are many stories I have heard from Pokey. People would say that in this that this dorm is the most haunted dorm of all dorms at Haskell, and everyone had a story about it. One day, I came back to my dorm room, which was a large uh, dorm uh, room located in the back right wing of 
the dorms. Supper was over, and everybody was winding down. My roommate and I had an extra bed in our room where our friends would sometimes crash uh, when they would come to visit us. I laid, I laid on this bed and began to watch a movie with my roommate. All of a sudden, my body felt stiff. My chest felt heavy. And it felt like someone was pressing down on my body. I could not move. I could not turn my head. And I couldn't even speak. All I could do was lay there and try to scream. But I couldn't. This went on for 10 minutes, and I finally felt the pressure off my chest, and I sat up and turned to my roommate, and she had no idea of what was happening to me or the state that I was in. She looked confused as I sat there and cried. The day I knew there were spirits in that Pocahontas hall, so my coworkers and I decided to smudge our room and be careful with who we invited over. Another time, while dorming, at the uh, OK Hall during the summer. My roommate and I were, were asleep one night and heard a ball bouncing in our room. We turned the light on and we see her basketball in the middle of our room, which was crazy because she kept it in the closet with the doors closed. The next day we told our dorm matrons about it and they told us a story how Haskell used to be a boarding school back in 1884 and many native children perished here leaving behind their tiny spirits. There is even a cemetery on campus where children are buried. She said that they love playing with toys and to keep our things put away and not to bring it with us and keep it at home. That night, we heard no noises, but the next morning, my roommate and I woke, woke up to our stuffed toys and other things or other items in a small circle on the floor. We had to smudge our room shortly after that. Wow. Man, yeah, I know we just talked about, I just, in the last live stream, I went into a more detailed talk about, you know, boarding schools and reserva uh, residential schools, um, and, you know, this, that's, this story is fitting, um, you know, it's just crazy, you know, the amount of energy that could be in a place, you know, that has had young children, you know, perish, you know, and killed, and, you know, what, whatnot, and, you know, I, uh, and I appreciate you sharing those two stories. You know, Haskell has has been notoriously known um, for being maybe maybe the most haunted college ever. You know, I may say it's up there top three. You know, but there's a lot of stuff going on out there, and uh, I appreciate you sharing, uh, Chastity. I appreciate you sharing that story, and and uh, let's get on to the next one. And now this will be the last story um, for This is Creepy Part 3. Um, and it's a good one. My name is Hawk John, and I am Kushata from Kinder, Louisiana. And this story is from when I was a kid. Now I'll give you a little background info uh, that will help you understand some details. My parents were married at one time but got divorced when I was a baby. My parents, were uh, my parents were two very different people, raised two very different ways. My dad was extremely 1,000% traditional in the native ways of his upbringing, uh, of my brother and I. The language, the do's and don'ts. Uh, my mom's family was raised 1,000% very strictly Christian. You know, the talking in tongues, the girls uh, with long hair, no makeup, dress wearing 
holy rolling, holy rolling kind of uh, people. They were so strict and they didn't celebrate holidays. So when the holidays would come, we would go to Texas to our grandparents on our dad's side, and so would rest of the rest of our family. So when it was time for us to go to Texas for the holidays, sometimes my mom would meet my grandparents or my uncle at this truck truck stop on the border of Texas and Louisiana that sold food, and it was in Mar- it, it was in Maryville, Louisiana. It had pizzas, burgers, you know, those types of uh, truck stops. So one time going home uh, from Christmas slash New Year's holiday from Texas, my uncle had me and my brother and my cousins. Uh, and we stopped at the Maryville truck stop to get food. Nobody was meeting us. He was just taking the full, taking us the full trip all the way home. We got food, and I noticed that he got an, he got a little bit extra. The food part wasn't too noticeable, but I noticed that he got an extra drink, and that he kept it safe, like he didn't want anything to happen to it. Now I think the highway is Highway 110 between uh, Maryville, and I think the next town would be Singer in Louisiana just across the border. It's a straight shot. Very smooth road, no bumps, no hard turns, no potholes, really anything. But there is a tiny little bridge that's about 10 to 15 foot long uh, covering a dried up creek bed. And as we got closer to it, we slowed down and he pulled over. And he stopped right before the crossing and my uncle grabbed the food and the drink and he said it at a small cross next to the road. He said a couple of things and got back and put his seatbelt on and started driving like nothing happened. Of course, us being young guys, young kids, you know, we were scratching our heads and was like, what is, why did he do that? You know, what is he doing? And we were always taught not to question something like that, but I had to know and was the only one who had enough courage. So I asked him, why did you do that? He paused and he said, I'll tell you when we park. So later on, we get back to my mom's. He comes in and visits uh, with her, my stepdad, and, and us for a while. He gets up to leave and he helps us get our suitcases and stuff and started telling us bye and that he loved us. And I said, hey, you remember earlier you said you would tell me why you left that food on the side of the road when we parked? He paused and he goes, okay, last holiday when you were guys were off to school, or when you guys were off of school. I was on my way down here to come get y'all, and I was driving by that spot, and there was a man sitting there on the, on the ground. It was really, really cold outside that, that day, and it was raining, and he was soaked from head to toe with his head down, and he didn't look as, as I passed. As soon as I passed, something did not feel right. And I kept feeling like I should have at least stopped and talked to him and give him some food or a blanket or something to help him out. But I didn't. So I just kept going so I could pick y'all up and bring y'all back to Texas. So when the holiday was over, I brought you guys back. I dropped, you know, I brought you guys back, and I was headed back. And I had some leftover food, food from the, the truck stop in Maryville that I had sitting on the dashboard. And I put my drink carrier with my drink, you know, up there. And I was coming up to that spot. It was quiet. I had no music on, nothing. I was just just driving. And straight out of nowhere, that food along with the drink and the towel flew and slammed into the passenger side window with force. 
it didn't slip off and or fall straight down like it normally would it was as if someone grabbed the towel and pulled it hard and it was like it was coming straight into the window and the drink hit so hard that it exploded the lip the lid fell off popped off splashed all over the place and i slammed my brakes and stopped because it made me jump i knew what i knew what happened wasn't normal then i realized where I, where i was and remembered the man sitting there cold and wet with his head down and realized that was the exact same spot that i had seen him and there was a cross there that wasn't there before i took it as a spirit of that man he was upset with me because i didn't stop that day so every time i pass by i stop i drop off some food even a towel sometimes as a way of saying sorry to that man for not stopping and leaving a gift there for him and every time from that then on until my grandpa passed away and my grandmother and uncle moved away from that part of texas he did the same thing always stopped and left some food and a drink and sometimes even a towel I even remember him leaving a blanket once. Man, you know that's so crazy. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, it's like residual energy, you know, and that, like I said, I mentioned before with with uh, the Haskell stories. You know, it's so, so crazy that we don't we there's things out there that we can't see. And they're always around us, and they're always uh, envelop. Like you know, there's always something that pushes it forward and makes things move, and and you know, gives us you know, like I said, life. And it's just it's crazy, you know, that sometimes science and them kind of just dis- you know disregard you know things we can't explain. And and uh, I appreciate that story. Um, and. Like I said, it, these stories have been so like these. These are were some heavy hitters. Like I, I really sat back when I was reading some of these stories and really thought about, you know, different things. And you know, I mentioned on the live stream that you know I often think about you know what it would be like if you know we know like you know the kids that were that had perished from you know residential schools or you know for instance in this last story. You know, if we, if I, if he had stopped by and and helped that man out, you know, things could be different. And that's a what if game that I often think, and that's just kind of my my way of my mind racing and thinking about those things. Like, what if, what if I did this, or what if this had turned out differently? How would my life be? And you know, I appreciate everyone that shares stories with me. I, I do have. Um, I'm getting geared up for for this is creepy four um but these have, are some some bangers these are some great stories um and i appreciate everyone that has shared and if you would like to share your story there's multiple ways you can do it um you have real war cry pod at gmail.com um there is yahola tiger facebook you can message me on there um i have i have more stories from certain people i just didn't want to I didn't want to overload and then, you know, me share basically 30 stories from somebody or, you know, or have a conversation. But, you know, one thing I love when people message me is I always ask them what their favorite. And then I, we get into, you know, certain conversations and they start telling me things of like, oh, you know, this happened, you know, over here and this was weird. And so I appreciate everyone that I have those conversations with. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, I kind of get, you know, not like 
hard to like hard for me to reply, but sometimes I just get busy in my life and I, I get to, you know I can't get you get to you, but but I appreciate those people that reach out. Um, and so, without further ado, guys, this was this is creepy part three, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys can find me on Facebook, Yahola Tiger. Message me, let me know which episode you like. Um, share it out to all the family members, you know, everybody. You know, if you, if you got a story, like I said, share it. Um, but you can find War, uh, TikTok, Warcry Pod, on Instagram, Warcry Pod, on Twitter, One Man Band 918. Um, I'll have a link with all everything. All you got to do is hit the link, um, and then tell, you can pick whatever. Um, YouTube, we, we got over 200 uh, followers or subscribers. Keep keep following, keep liking, get, get me in the algorithms. Um, I'm trying to, in the process of planning more uh, interviews. Um, and so I'll be, you know, I'm reaching out to people about interviews um, or like, you know, just a conversation and talking about things. Um, but, you know, I really appreciate everyone uh, that listens to the podcast. Um, we are almost at 10,000. That is, to me, is the most outrageous thing about this whole thing is that we are almost at 10,000 audio listens. And so let's get there. Share it out. Let's get there. Let's crush that goal. Let's Then let's get to 20,000, 30,000. Um, you know, I, I think as I was kind of doing my research, I don't think there's really a lot of conspiracy, you know, things that we talk about. Um, the next episode we're going to talk about is uh, another mysterious true crime disappearance here in Oklahoma. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I have a few of those um, coming up. And then also um, we're going to get into the YT4 series where I'm going to talk about, you know, my life and just kind of, you know, you know the steps of how, you know, I, I've, I guess, really got to the point of having all these stories and, and, and experiencing things that some people you know, deem as crazy. But like I said, guys, I appreciate you guys listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.